When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to Bank Holiday Blood and Mud, the podcast that looks upon the planted border that is the weekend rugby and sees only weeds, discarded beer bottles, and a load of bloody work that needs to be done. Spoken Have a guess like what a I've been doing this weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, spoken like a man who spent his bank holiday Monday out in the fucking garden. Uh, I'm Lee, as yes, usual. You are. Joining me over there is... I remain Josh, indeed. Just it, about. Yeah, if you want to get in touch with me about you know gardening woes, or rugby, <laughs> I suppose rugby as well, if you insist... Yeah. Um, I'm at Blood and Mud or late at bloodandmud.com. Josh, you are? Mm-hmm. Uh, at Josh Gardner at Rugby Shirt Watch uh, and indeed RugbyShirtWatch.com. Have you done any gardening this weekend? Have you had to suffer um, that? I have actually um, because obviously um, I had some carpet put down in our living room on uh, on Saturday and then spent Sunday in the clearing a summer house of a lot of stuff that doesn't belong to us and taking it to the tip so that some professionals can come and basically level my garden in the week. I'm fucking delighted. Brilliant. Can't wait. Um, you can get in touch with the pod. I've already done that bit. Yeah. Confusing me notes, you see. I'm this, tired this, after all this gardening. This basically, yeah. yeah. You know, we're on Acast. We're, we're on Apple Podcasts. And we're on Bank Holiday. And we're on so. Bank Holiday. And we're yeah. on, I'm, I'm on a not water bottle right now. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to tell you. 
<laughs> I'm on a hot water bottle because it was it was our it was our graft out there pulling up thistles, man. Yeah, I mean, I I very nearly didn't make this podcast because I nearly died yesterday in what would have been one of the stupidest ways to die that a human being could ever die. Right. Um, in that, as I said, you know, we've been doing a fair bit of gardening, a fair bit of DIY lately. The bin's quite full, all right? You mm-hmm. know, it's 2019. Your bin only gets picked up once a fortnight. We've got tiny fucking bins now. It's well annoying anyway. So we had one more more uh, bin bag to squeeze into the bin last night, and I was trying to push the bin down. You know, it's grim. And I was just like... This I know where this is going, I bet, but go on, so, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna have to just, you know, use some of my the bulk that God has given me to uh, to force this down <laughs> with my feet. So what I do is I hop up on the little low wall that we've got on our drive. Uh, one foot on there, one foot on the on the bin. And fa- to be in fairness to me, it fucking worked. All right, it, it, you know, it squashed it down like a motherfucker. But where do you always end up? <laughs> well, the problem was that my drive, as you know, Lee, is quite a steep slope. It is a steep slope, yeah. Yeah, and wheelie bins have got wheels, haven't they? So when you start putting a lot of downward pressure on a wheelie bin on a steep slope, the the bin starts moving. <laughs> and when your leg is sort of half in a bin and half on a wall and it starts moving, uh, you've got a decision to make. And so I basically, like just flung myself out of said bin uh, and grabbed onto the fence and just about managed to keep myself upright. Otherwise, I probably would have just rolled down the hill in a bin and then cracked my head up and then died. Yeah. It's um, it's... it's very... As as it was happening, I was thinking, well, at least this is a funny way to go. Yeah. Yeah. You you would die doing what you loved, of course, crushing stuff in bins. He He doesn't like doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, bins my, my one of my favourite things in the world. Well, so, yeah, he doesn't yeah, love a bin. Yeah. Yeah. Where would we be without? Exactly. And speaking of where would we be without people or things, where would we be Indeed. without our lovely patrons? Well, We're well, on segue. Thank you. Hello. We're on patreon.com uh, forward slash, not forward slash, whatever, whatever, whatever direction the slash goes in, blood and mud, patreon.com slash blood I think and it mud. is forward slash. Yeah. I think it is forward slash, isn't it? Because backslash yeah. is when you're doing network stuff, isn't it? Backslash uh. is like in DOS and all that, going back back in the day. <laughs> Um, we just yeah. alienated a whole load of yeah, loads of readers, people got yeah. no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, Young so readers, readers, oh, fuck, we haven't got a chance. Readers, not a fucking yeah, chance. Bank holiday, I tell you, cross-eyed Honestly. with delirium. <laughs> so thank you to everybody who donates there a couple of dollars each month to keep this thing rolling and the, this kind Indeed. of quality chat and banter coming out. Mm. Uh, we especially big thank you this week just to another gentleman who's not entered the two dollar. Alibrew Brew Lounge. He decided to go straight in. He's not wasted any time. Straight into the VIP Lounge. Welcome. I absolutely respect that. Absolutely. Yeah. Welcome new latest close personal friend of this podcast, Di Perk. Welcome along. And thank you very much for your VIP Lounge Patreon subscription. Indeed. Welcome. While we're on Patreon, it's probably worth mentioning that um, mm. there is no... Our off-season is normally in July, August. Yes, but we've been this, talking about this. Yeah, we? this year there is no um, off season in July and August because they're doing all the World Cup warm-ups. There is an off season in June because there's no water, there's no June international tours. So therefore, we are going to go off doing the weekly normal podcast in June. However, yes. we will be doing weekly podcasts for patrons in June as part we of will. the deal that we said we would give you as extra stuff if you were a patron. So we've got a few things lined up. So we'll do our best to try and get it out as usual on a Monday. 
We've got at least one more history podcast coming out and a couple of other things we're going to be looking at as well. Um, and we'll get those out every week. So just, just so you know, those of you who are not patrons, there will be no weekly pod from... as The last one will be next week. Yeah, and we'll basically then be back uh, once the internationals and the World Cup warm-ups start again. Yeah. Or, to be honest with you, whenever we feel like it, you know? Yeah, because, you know, those warm-up internationals can't be that exciting, can they? No, no. We start as so, we yeah. always start, with a player spotted... Uh, this one's been sent to us by Joe Daniels. He says, this was in the DMs, thank you, Joe. He says, mm-hmm. I was travelling from East London on a westbound district line train. Already a good level of detail. This is a promising start. Yep, the exactly. monotony of the journey was suddenly interrupted by two men who boarded the train at Victoria, equipped with a saxophone and suspiciously jolly dispositions. Uh-oh. They proceeded to treat London's commuters to roughly five minutes of rousing tunes before waiting to be rewarded with applause and charitable donations, of which they received neither. <laughs> Must be a soul-destroying job, that, wasn't it? Bus got on Honestly, the Honestly, hardest job in the world. Well, it's not, but you know. You know what I mean. Uh, it yeah. was only after they exited the train that I noticed a man tucked into a priority seat who looked familiar. It was former Newcastle, Toulon, Northampton and London Welsh utility back, Mr Tom May. Yeah. He was reading the new Stephen King thriller, The Outsider, is he still writing books, Stephen King? Fuck knows. Yeah. Obviously, it would seem so. Yeah. Which must be good because he didn't even join in when the saxophonist started playing Oh, When the Saints Come Marching In. <laughs> I didn't find out his final destination, but I assume it was Richmond. It's safe to assume it was Richmond. Absolutely, yeah. Well, didn't he, wasn't he originally, didn't he start his career at Richmond, if memory serves? Probably, and he finished his yeah. career in Richmond at London Welsh, didn't he? So, yes, he did, yeah. He now does a lot of uh, corporate stuff. Does a lot of work with Nick Heath, actually. He's a very good-looking yeah. man, Tom May. He's incredible, and he's one of those, one of those people that uh, he's gone grey, and it absolutely suits him. It's perfect. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looked weirder before he was grey, and he's like retired, but he's still in ridiculously cut shape. Yeah, yeah, he's henchous, isn't he? Brother-in-law went on a corporate, um, which Tom May was at doing something or other, mm. and I said, I said, was he getting a lot of attention, Tom? And my brother-in-law was like, you would not believe how much attention he was getting from certain <laughs> sections of the audience, if you know what I mean. No, I can't believe it, actually. Anyway, good luck, Tom, and thank you very much, Joe, for sending that in. Good level of detail. Thank if you. you've got a player spotted with that kind of mundane detail in it, send it on the DM, or you can send it lee at bloodandwood.com. Absolutely. Shall we talk about some news this fine oh, holiday? we better add, didn't we? Yeah. The England squad's Where been named. Yes, well, the England 15 squad has been named. That's yeah, not the it England, England squad. <laughs> yes, asterisk. A the squad that has so many asterisks that Eddie Jones couldn't even be bothered to fucking turn up. It has more asterisks than Barry Bonds. It's um, <laughs> Yeah, so obviously, and, and um, Lonely Jim's in charge, which I'd, I'd forgotten all about. Yeah, I'd forgotten about all Well, I mean, again, it shows the absolute, you know, massive import that Eddie Jones places on a Barbarians game that he's not only made this a uncapped international, but he can't even be bothered to turn up this year. Is it because they lost last year? You know, why would you put yourself through it? You know what I mean? You're probably just certainly going, I'm not getting fucking involved. You've nothing (laughs) to gain and everything to lose, haven't you? Going to turn up and watch Pat Lamb fucking smear me across the Twickenham turf by playing fucking Harlem Globetrotters rugby. <laughs> this is like the perfect job for Pat Lamb, isn't it? Isn't Let it? all I'm of so your crazy excited. shit run free, Pat. Yeah. And so many of those players have got a fucking point to prove as well. It's like Reese Webb's involved, Charles Piotr is involved, 
Uh, I don't think... Uh, who else is involved? Oh, Joe Marler's involved. It's like... Yeah, they've still not given Haskell a Barbarian's cap, have they? No. No farewell Barbarian's cap for James. Naya Avoro's involved. That's <laughs> going to be fun. Beckett's involved. Mark Atkinson's involved for some reason. Um, nice player, Mark token... Atkinson, actually. Underrated, but yeah. Yeah. Is he, like... the, is he the token uncapped one? Yeah, it's him and Pierre Schumann from Edinburgh are both uncapped, but right. um, Bill Matter's involved, Francois Lowe's involved, Kundo Issa's involved. This is going to be fucking bags <laughs> fun, is what I'm saying. And up against but, uh, up against them, to be fair, it, at least Lonely Jim has picked children. the greatest fullback in the entire world has been selected, though, Mr. Simon Hammersley. Which just goes to show that, you know, None of these players will ever get near an England team. I, I love Simon Hammersley, like, but somebody I can't I remember it was on Twitter said the other way, and He'll I love it. I love him for everything that he isn't. Do you know what I mean? I love him for everything He'll that he isn't. Your your vague kind of, you know, he'll be on your doorstep next year, won't he? Because he signed for he signed for sale, sale yes. Yeah. And uh, somebody the other week was saying, now he's gone to now he's gone to sale. You watch that England will there'll be an England cap calling, or England will be start talking about England. I was at a, a, a less unfashionable club I'm not saying sales are fashionable club but I think they're even they're more fashionable than Newcastle but mm. I was just like are you fucking gazing I love Simon Amersley <laughs> right he does a good job every week but to suggest he's international class is a staggeringly misguided piece of analysis yeah when you look at these backs and it's like Josh Bassett Simon Hammersley Joe Marchant Piers O'Connor Callum Sheedy Ben White Johnny Williams Mark like None, with the exception of Marcus Smith, I genuinely don't think that any of these players are ever going to play for England. And maybe Callum Sheedy, but I'm quite annoyed about that. But we'll talk about that later. Do you want to talk about that now? Since we just mentioned yeah. it. Callum Fuck Sheedy's it, Callum in Sheedy's... then. Yeah. For those people who don't know, I know a lot of listeners will know, but do you want to explain why you're pissed off with this for those who don't well, know? Well, because Callum Sheedy is fucking Welsh. Born and raised in Cardiff. Born and raised in Cardiff, went to school in Cardiff, got poached by a fucking English public school, as is the way. Millfield. When it's always Millfield, Millfield, isn't it? It's always fucking Millfield. Um, and has he famously turned down the opportunity. He played for Wales under-16. He's Irish qualified as well, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, his dad's Irish, um, isn't he? He has got a pick of three, yeah. three nations, hasn't he? Yeah, and he played under-16s for Wales, under-19s for Ireland, um, and turned, famously turned down a Wales under-20s uh, cap because they were the capture team at that point uh, and didn't want to tie himself to Wales. Or uh, He said at the time because he thought that it would harm his career at Bristol because obviously there's quotas and things like that. Mm. But in reality, that's bollocks. And he's nailed his colours to the mass pre-obviously now. However, this is a pretend international, so he... He's on caps, isn't he? So he could still be... uh... I just think I like I really like Callum Sheedy. I think he's a really talented player. I've really enjoyed watching him for Bristol. He's five foot eight and eighty two kgs. And somebody if, as talented yeah. as Damien McKenzie sometimes struggles with that. Yeah, you must think he is not fucking Damien McKenzie. Well, quite he's very well, not yet. Very, anyway, maybe, but he, no, he he's a very like good. He's a very good young player, but he is not Damien McKenzie. And I just think. It, it's it's you know good uh, absolutely you know more power to him if he wants to go and get a cap go and get a cap but I just think of all the teams to try and if you're going to nail your colours to a mast as a sort of fringe player I always just think England's the stupidest one to do it yes because there's so much competition 
and there's all and because there's so much competition there's always the chance that you will be this month's fucking hot shit and then you'll never be heard from again because you know that is the very nature of England. you know he's basically you know he's it's lucky that this is an uncapped game because if he gets capped now yeah he might get a fucking shot in a world cup warm up game and get capped and that will be the end of him johnny williams actually who's uh, newcastle falcons center uh, is also Welsh qualified and Irish qualified, I believe. Um, it just this whole thing feels like a kind of. I'm surprised Sam Moore's not involved. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like every everyone that might be eligible for somebody else trying to hoover them into the system while they can. Um, which, yeah, fair enough. That's their fucking prerogative, I suppose. But it does feel it's got Eddie written all over it, hasn't it? It has got Eddie Jones being. I want you to fucking pick these players and only these fucking players. But some of these yeah. are Welsh, Eddie. Yeah. Not a fucking. It's the fucking, it's the fucking point, mate. They've got <laughs> fucking players out there. The only answer to this problem, um, though, is you know the WIU are building that big hotel on Westgate Street. Yeah. yeah. I think they should sack that off and build a massive fucking public school. Yes. That's so the that only anybody thing. who's just, Welsh has to go yeah. to that pub. When they get to, that's, that's it, the public call school. Call it they something go to. pretentious. <clears throat> Like you know, and then yeah. see if see if you can hoover up as many. Know, call young call it the Hadley people. Park or something. Yes, Hadley <laughs> Park School. Yeah, and uh, and, and everyone will be queued up to get in there, and you won't be going yeah. across the border and getting captured by scholarships, basically. Yes, but um, yeah, there are some genuine. You know, Ben Obano's uh, going to be fun. Uh, Alice Donbrandt's going to be fun. It's a good play, uh, Donbrandt actually. Had a good Ellie season. Stoops going to be fun. <laughs> But I mean, Tamara Harris is not going to be fun, though, is he? No, of course he's not. What the <laughs> fucking hell is he? He's basically getting picked as the one person that knows what he's doing. The other Curry's been picked. Yeah. <laughs> Just to stop any yeah. arguments. Sim- a sympathy pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, and to be honest with you, like I think players like Piers O'Connor and Simon Hammersley and Joe Marchant, you know, they're really fucking good Premiership players, and they do deserve a bit of recognition for having a good season, even though they're absolutely not going to get anywhere near the Englands. On the flip side, they might play with, you know, absolutely no fear because the situation is, is that, they, like you said, they're not going to get an England cap. So therefore, they might as well just throw caution to the wind and go for it, mightn't they? And that might actually be a benefit rather than shitting yourself thinking if I have a bad game, I'm never going to get called up again because they know that's not going to happen anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely hope so. I hope Reese Webb scores a hat trick and Richard Hibbard runs one in from fifty meters. But you know, it, yeah, that that team looks. Yeah, ridiculous. so everything I've just said, forget it, because they're going to get battered. By the way, <laughs> but who cares? Because it doesn't matter. It's silly. It doesn't matter. It's all very silly. The Quilter Internationals, sponsored by yeah. an American Civil War woman's pastime, basically. I quite like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, or, or, or you know, just another fucking private investment. Oh, you company. know, it's an investment company. Oh, yeah. That's, of course it is. You know, it, it's all that's ever interested in being associated with England rugby is O2 and for some reason every single fucking private it investment. Was QBE company. for us, the QBE. QBE. The, uh, I always liked the uh, old mutual wealth that they had because it was just like the most RFU of sponsors. Stuart Lancaster once called the Autumn International the, the QBEs, didn't he once? I remember when we were at the uh, the shirt launch that year, whatever it was like, yeah, it's really important building momentum into the QBEs and I very nearly stood up and walked out of that fucking press conference. <laughs> like, you disgust me. Ah. Uh, right, yeah. 
news, more news. Sean O'Brien's injured. Yes, out of the World Cup. I mean, it's shit, isn't it? Like, will he play again now? London Irish will be reviewing that contract fairly quick, sharp, I imagine. Yeah, you've got to wonder if that's gonna. I mean, it looks, but it's also, you know, for all the talk of Ireland's ridiculous depth in the back row, like it's starting to get like they're starting to put a bit of pressure on that now because that's mm. their first two sevens gone. Yes, luckily Van der Fleer is playing pretty well. But, uh, he is playing pretty well, but it's, it does put a lot of pressure on these guys that are coming through now to, to to be as good as they've been advertised. Well, CJ Stander played seven, didn't he, the other week? Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Destroy. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Speaking of boom and destroy, there's new guidance on head-high tackles and shiz yeah. come from World which, Rugby. Which they've conveniently put into the form of an incredibly... Byzantine flowchart. <laughs> I do like I'm a flowchart. But I can't, definitely the speed up decision making. I, I can't wait till Jaco Piper gets this out middle of the game. They're going to have to. There's one. There's like one, two, three, four, five. Six, there's like about seventeen different outcomes here. Well, there's five particular outcomes, but they all split off into like. Yeah. So there are three, two things basically: shoulder charge and high tackle. If you haven't seen this, have a look it up. It'll be easier. But just to just to for the sake of this discussion. They're basically trying to break up decisions into relating to a shoulder charge and relating to a high tackle. Which is sensible. Which is sensible. It's too often the, the twain are confused. The definition of a shoulder charge is arm of the shoulder making contact with the ball carrier behind the tackler's body or tucked in sling position at contact. It's okay. basically leading with the shoulder yeah. or fucking... Think going Farrell. Yeah. Think going Farrell not uh, being penalised. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, and so, it, like, the option is is degree of danger. Well, basically, the two options are: was the head or neck contact? If it's a yes, it's yes, a red card. Red card instantly. If no, depending on the degree of danger thing, just seems to be incredible. Like it seems tailor made for Nigel Owens to let some players off. That's all I'm going to say. Degree of danger sounds like a new metal band. So. Yes. It seems tailor-made for a referee to decide to pussy out on making a big decision. Well, is as as is listener Reese not said, um, he particularly he said, I particularly enjoy the asterisk underneath every decision, which largely renders everything above it completely irrelevant. Because yeah, there is so an asterisk fa- under every single decision, which simply yeah. says, "See mitigating factors." And the mitigating factors are. Uh, and they must be clear and obvious and can only be applied to reduce a sanction by one level. So, um, basically, so if tackler makes definite attempt to change height in an effort to avoid ball carrier's head. That's incredibly subjective. Uh, ball carrier suddenly drops in height, i.e. from an earlier tackle, trips, falls, dives to score. So, basically... As in, like, he's, he's carrier... running off a platform, parkour style. Oh, the dive, suddenly drops the dives in height. To score. The dives to score part is pretty fucking... Like what? Mm. So if he dives over the line and you smash him in the head, that's a mitigating factor. Well, they're not yeah. saying it will. It will auto, It will always be a no, mitigating factor. They're they saying a possible clear, one, aren't yeah. they? Uh, reactionary tackle, immediate release is an interesting one because that seems to cover absolutely anything you'd like it to. Now, reactionary tackle sounds like a new wave band. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Here with reactionary tackle with their new song mitigating factors. Uh, <laughs> That's absolutely bang on. Fair play. 
<laughs> and um, aggravating I'm, factors, which is another thing, sounds like what Degree of Danger would sing. Yes. With their new absolutely. lead single after new album, here's the Degree of Danger here's with Aggravating God. Factors. God. Aggravating Factors. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the aggravating factors, basically, if you're in, if it's an open field tackle and you do this, and you had time to line him up, you are fucked. Bro. I love that, yeah. If you basically come in with your arm windmilling. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair enough. But yeah, uh, to be honest with you, it seems needlessly complicated, uh, but if anything that actually fucking gets these laws applied in a way that's sensible and consistent, please, for the love of fucking God, just let, let's let try it. Because it's silly. Yeah. There's definitely a Nigel out factor in, in, in everything here. <laughs> yeah. So the shoulder charge, that's that. The high tackle breaks down a bit more. Basically, high contact. So it's high tackle. If there's a high tackle, the question is high contact by the tackler's arm is one route, one route you can go down or shoulder yeah. or head direct to the ball carrier's head and neck. If it's a shoulder yeah. or head to the ball goes out of neck, then it's, again, degree of I danger is asked. There are no, that's the lowest. Yeah. Even if it's a... Even if it's a low danger, if you make contact with the head or neck, with your head or shoulder, it's a, it's a yellow, yellow or a red. Yeah. If you make contact with the arm... Yeah. The arm, head or neck contact with the arm, if it's a yes, then it breaks again into direct or indirect. So yeah. indirect means it slips up. Effectively, if it's direct, if you contact the head with the arm and it's direct... It will. The minimum it will be will be a yellow card, yeah, because it'll have a low degree of danger. However, there is still the asterisk of C mitigating factors. Yeah. So every time it looks clear, you keep being referred I back saw to mitigating factors in the whiskey in nineteen seventy three. Yes. <laughs> There's also uh, video signs indicating higher a degree a higher degree of danger. They got here, and it's that split into three areas: preparation, contact, and follow yeah. through. Preparation I enjoy. Tackler it sounds draws like going to the toilet. To, well, tackler draws arm back prior to contact. Sounds like a sort of cartoon esque sort of yes. winding yeah, up. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Which Ta- I'm into. That's in preparation. Tackler may leave the ground. <laughs> may. <laughs> so he's he may jumping in with his arm swinging. Yeah. Arm swings forward prior to contact. Yep. Yeah. The, the interesting one is the contact one. Tackler is attempting an active slash dominant tackle as opposed to a passive slash soak. Or pulling out of contact. I don't understand what any of those things mean. Well, I know what that means. That's basically saying you're not allowed to do act. Well, if you're doing a dominant tackle, then you're putting yourself at risk of having a higher sanction because it's a higher degree okay. of danger. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, they've just worded that in a way that made no sense. I just thought they enjoyed the, the term soak tackle or passive tackle and pulling out of contact. Remember when these well, things I... used to all just be called tackles? Remember that time? Wasn't yeah, that a wonderful time? Also, if you tackler's speed and or acceleration is high, or if you've got a rigid arm, like basically, if you've got a stiff, rigid arm or elbow making contact with the head, you're fucked. And if you're going like the clappers, you're fucked. This is going to be a significant because it's very, very clear now saying, and it's been interesting to see yeah. what how the, the coaches deal with this now because it is basically mm-hmm. saying, if you do a dominant tackle and you get your shoulder or your arm in the wrong place. You're, you're probably going to yeah. be red or yellow carded. Yeah. So you need to. Um, and do you or, know what? It's really actually, inter- no. Actually, if if you're doing a dominant tackle, the degree <clears throat> of danger is always going to be high, so you're more likely to get a red card. Yes. 
So it's the first time you've actually clearly articulated. You've actually clearly gone. You know these dominant tackles that everybody's getting are fuck, so fucking frothy about at the moment might be effective, but they are undeniably also putting the ball carrier and the tackler at risk of physical mm. harm. So they're actually legislating for it. So. So Good effectively, on. the whole dominant tackle paradigm, and they, are, they have been very clearly saying they want a paradigm shift, but the, do, the dominant tackle approach, which has been... This season, they've just been mental about I it. I think it's they? been the past five years they've really started focusing on it, but I think this is when they've started reporting on it this year, isn't it? And actually yeah. giving stats on it. It's really interesting that that's happened this year, and within a year, they're saying, oh, well, if you try to do that, you are running a risk yeah. of... I'm not saying don't do it. They're just saying that if you do, and you end up clacking put... someone around the edge, you're probably going to be off. Well, I mean, this this sort of thing happened into this exact kind of reframing of the laws happened in two, pre two thousand eleven World Cup, didn't it? With the tip tackle, yes, you all know how that went. So it would be interesting to see if there is a moment in this World Cup where these exact guidelines come back to bite somebody on the arse, probably Wales. Let's will be it make for better rugby? That's an interesting thing to consider, isn't it? And a lot of people always assume it will, don't they? Because, and actually, if it, well, we can probably segue into the weekend on this, because if you look at the defences yeah. this weekend, mm. particularly by Saracens and Exeter, them not rushing up quite as quickly to try and smash people would create a significant amount of room. Yeah, I think that's a, a really interesting point because like there is no the line speed that teams like Saracens and Exeter and Leicester and uh, Leinster to an extent mm. capable of putting on attacks is mental you know it's unbelievably quick and it's unbelievably disciplined and it's unbelievably effective to be honest and you look at what they did to you know Saracens versus Gloucester was interesting for about 45 seconds I actually yeah. missed the first 10 minutes because I was... You missed the only bit that was interesting. Exactly, and I walked in. <laughs> yeah. Was it 15? I basically walked in and they were 18 points up or something, and I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because you're yeah. kind of entertained in your brain. Oh, well, you never know. In Gloucester, you know, they, they yeah. can spring, well, you know. And, and four minutes in, you know, they score that try, and you think, hello, Gloucester <laughs> might give them a game here. And then 45 seconds later, Saracens literally just go down the other end and go, yeah, score straight off the kickoff, and that was that. It wasn't dissimilar from Glasgow and Leinster either. I don't want to take anything away from Glasgow because they, they, they went going right until the end and they never capitulated in the way that Gloucester did. But Glasgow scored that first try and then they just handed a try back to Leinster after the kickoff. And that was, you know, you just can't. They're so relentless defensively. You have to take every opportunity that you're given and not give away any kind of loose because the way that Gloucester defended was fucking abysmal to be honest and imagine trying to like rally people to say look it's only 20 points lads we've got this and just looking up at that Saracen defence and going oh (sighs) oh yeah yeah, I, I mean they're just completely excellent, aren't they, Saracens? That's the really frustrating are. thing. I mean, it's well, it's not if you're a fan, it just because <laughs> you want. And to be honest, it's not because we've got we're documented as not liking them very much, and kind of everything about them makes us make us feel a bit uncomfortable. But actually, just from a rugby point of view, you just it was all just so fucking obvious that this is what was going to happen. And I think and that's, that's and it's just no fun, is it? That's, that's the thing. The story of this weekend was that like. Rugby, by and large, is ultimately about power. You know, 
this yeah. telling that you know the team that was and left it always standing, has been. Know. I think I think there's, 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 there's rose-tinted you know hindsight it, about this stuff. Absolutely, you know? but it feels like more like there's a definite. <laughs> it feels like power is always beating skill these days. You know, it's like you just have so little time. Yeah, this, you have this, so this, little time now. There's no time for an attacking team against a good defence. It was interesting, actually, because at a bit of a loose end, I actually watched some rugby league on Sunday. Cause there was... The Magic Weekend. And I watched the Magic Weekend, and I was watching, uh, amongst other things, Leeds versus London Broncos and uh, Castlefords. And it's, it's like, when you don't watch a lot of rugby league, it's like that fucking having to get back 10 metres thing from every play the ball is it has a huge impact on how an attacking pattern can develop especially when players are that good you give it a player players that are that good you give them an extra sec two seconds which is what it is probably and that's all it takes because they're still up like fucking exocet missiles in that blitz but they are that was very 80s reference wasn't it it was wasn't it yeah, I don't know where that came from. Tomahawk um, cruise missiles will be next. Yeah, go on. I like a little more French kind of. Thing. Um, yeah, so it it was really interesting to me. Like just as you say, the blitz was still incredibly fast. They were still up at them. In but it's that extra second or two seconds that you give a creative playmaker to do something to and to run an angle to run a set move, and this just that doesn't exist in rugby union at the moment, and it's so much easier to be a team that, like, you know, the teams that are head and shoulders above the rest in the Prem this season are the two, are not the ones that play the most exciting rugby. Because let's be honest, Gloucester play the best mm. rugby in the Premiership. Or Bristol, with, or something like that. Yeah. Or Bristol, or Saints, to be honest, mm. because they've, they've become an absolutely brilliant fun team to watch with Dan Bigger at 10, who's brought that coming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the teams that win, and it was proved with Glasgow against Leinster as well, if you can just be relentless and dominant and have forward power in spades for 80 minutes, you will beat the most fucking Harlem Globetrotters of team. It doesn't matter how sexy the rugby they play, you will just batter them in submission. And even Glasgow, you know, I don't want to sort of patronise Glasgow, but Glasgow made pro... Like that game on, on Saturday night showed that Glasgow have made real progress. Because yeah, I don't think it's patronising to say that. It takes when, look at look at Saracens how long it took them to progress yeah. into what they are now. But yeah, go on. You look like they rocked into the final with that reputation as like free like free flowing, free scoring entertainers. Mm. But it and that probably does their and while that does their kind of their pack a bit of a disservice because their their pack are really dynamic and exciting and very good. They're not a Saracens or an Exeter, but a few months back they got absolutely mullered by Saracens in the Champions Cup. They lost the festive derbies to Edinburgh. Uh, Peter Horn actually said it after the game, you know, they were a bit flash, they were a bit soft. Mm. And, yeah, they were be- they were second best on Saturday night and their halfbacks never really got to grips with the game. But until probably the last 10, for, like physicality-wise, they were given as good as they got and they withstood Leinster's like, physical onslaught. Like, they didn't get bullied. And that's progress for them. That's, you know, not many teams are capable of doing that. It's probably only really like a handful of teams in Europe that can kind of withstand Leinster for that length of time. And that's kind of the problem with it, though. It's like Leinster were very fucking meh 
on Saturday. Like, it was a good game. Yeah, it was a good that, game, yeah. That was not a vintage Leinster performance. They just did They've exactly not been putting them in for a little while no, now, but they've just got enough, they've they, got enough, like you said, enough power got, and enough quality yeah, about them to get there. The power game just beats the finesse game every time, and it's quite sad, really, that that's what rugby... I don't mind power winning a lot of the time, but then I'd like also power to be able to be undone by guile. But it feels like rugby is kind of loaded in a way that kind of makes that hard at the moment, particularly against the very best teams. Like, fuck me. Like, one thing, World Rugby's looking at high tackles, right? Why the hell are they not looking at pre-binding ball carriers, man? Mm. The last 10 minutes of that, what Leinster did at the end of the game when they were closing it out, it was impressive. Yes. It was very disciplined. But it's silly now because when you're letting two players be in contact with the ball carrier before he even receives the ball and then just allow them to go straight off their feet and seal off the contact area as soon as they're tackled because they're being classed as Wasn't part the of the Wasn't that the old tackle. flying wedge? Yeah. And there's just no just law allowed. for that anyway. And it's just allowed now because they, were, they literally sealed off every single fuck. There were times when there were three or four Glasgow players over the ball. But because they'd had two men pre-binded on it, the ball was never going to even see the light of day. And that's just like, before we even get into the safety aspect, which I think I've had a moan about before, but like, that's like, it's not in the spirit of the game. Like, it doesn't, like, there's no fair contest for that ball. There's no chance for Glasgow to see that game out. You know, in the same way that World Rugby stopped players, you know, made the, put the five second clock on rucks to kind of stop that hideous end of game mm. fucking leave the ball at the back of the ruck for 30 seconds and then do something kind of mind thing like they've got to get a look at this because it's just it's not the game of rugby men are going off their feet to every single fucking ruck and you're allowing it because you're classing them as part of the original tackle which is just silly mm. it doesn't make any sense no but yeah it's another thing where that power and that physicality just wins because you can't do anything about it it's it is a, it is a little bit stacked now isn't it in in mm. the other direction the um i mean if you look at the exeter game i mean they just i i hadn't kind of, i hadn't kind of clocked until halfway through that game i was like oh yeah they played this fucking game last week <laughs> yeah, yeah and the score was virtually the same yeah <laughs> it's, well, it just shows over the last two weeks <clears throat> saracens are 40 minutes worse than exeter they're yes. capable of making it a game until half time. And then after that, it's just, you know, it's the same with it was, you know, they, the, everybody else cannot keep that level up of just relentless physicality and f just bastardry. Yeah. Saracens and Exeter just batter their latest victims in the story <laughs> of, of, of the, the semi final. Hey, Chris yeah. Boyd Shavi was something to behold, though. Honestly. It's yeah. a semi final this weekend. Take it all off. <laughs> <laughs> I did what I I didn't genuinely didn't recognise him. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, oh fuck, that's Chris Boyd. Yeah, yeah. Looks younger with a shabby. Yeah. Looks like a younger man with with his shabby I mean, come off weirdly. He does. I mean, it's sort of I, I'm I'm loath for somebody of his age and nationality getting a a pseudo trendy haircut. But I guess he thought when in Exeter, you know. Well. Or maybe he didn't want that. He just went to a barber's in Exeter. <laughs> oh, I've got a got an hour to kill boys. I'm going to get my hair cut. And he comes out and goes, what the fucking hell have you done to my hair? 
He just said the usual, sir, and I just nodded and thought, yeah. <laughs> you, you involved with the rugby team? Are you involved with the rugby team, are you, sir? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know what haircut you want, yeah. Speaking of, of, of no hair or shavvies, fucking hell, I'll tell you what, I haven't, I haven't paid that much attention to Matt Kvesic for a while. Yeah, he's... Uh, he's a hard, hard bastard, isn't he? He really he, is. The fact he looks a little bit like an English Bull Terrier as well makes him look even it, harder. It's interesting but... that, like, he was kind of England's, you know, ball-playing, razzle-dazzle fucking yeah. seven a couple of years ago. And now he's just a fucking horrible bastard. Yeah. Rob Baxter sorted fucking... that out. <laughs> yeah, sorted that right. He's like, get your fucking hair cut. <laughs> only, only our front rowers and our outside backs have long hair. Thank you very much. <laughs> until until you've played as many games as Dave Ewers, you're not allowed to have anything other than the world's... Le- well, no haircut, let's be honest. Yeah. And, and none of that comb over in or feathering to cover that no, egg that's you coming. Will that, you will shave yeah. that fucking thing. You will grow a beard and you will be a bastard. <laughs> you knew when we signed you this is what was happening. So get with the program. <laughs> and his body, his whole body type looks different now. Like he is bulked he just, up. Yeah, he seems stronger and nastier is the best way I could, yeah, like you just said. It is, yeah. But, um, Oh, I'll tell you what. I mean, I think Exeter would have won anyway, but what, what was that fucking hands-like-feet, dicks-for-fingers from Cobus Reinach all about? I mean, I was going to have it in my shit, but it's yeah. like, of all the players that Saints would have wanted yeah. to get that ball... There's been all his the best because scrum half in the world and all that. Brilliant, yeah. yeah. And then just like... <laughs> I mean, it's the sort of thing that, like, genuinely haunts... And I feel, you know, it's... Unrelated, but did you read that interview with um, oh, fucking hell, his name is Tom James. Um, no, about his mental health recovery and stuff. No, yeah. I'm ready yet. No, it's really good because he's saying a lot of things that he absolutely, you know, the rugby players absolutely need to say. But the thing, basically, he basically said that like he was absolutely fine and mentally sound and like didn't have any mental health problems. Until he missed that fucking penalty in the Heineken Cup semi-final in the penalty shootout at the end, and it basically just haunted him. him forever. Yeah, and haunted Jesus. him and threw him into like a suicidal depression, and that he it took him years to get out of. And you just think like it's easy for us to kind of go, you fucking it, like you're yes. gonna fucking regret that one. Yeah, but history's like, shown I, it's very easy for us to do that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and, and it is, and it is easy for us to be flippant about it and. Kobus Ronek's a pro. I'm sure that he will just be, you know, I hope that he's just Walter Offerdeck's back and he's like, fuck, I fucked that up. But, you know, on on average, I played very well this season and I, we still would have lost that game anyway. It doesn't matter. But right. it's like those sort of ones that fucking stay with you, I can imagine, just knowing that that was a... I could have scored that. I always know it's bad there. when I have an involuntary physical reaction to what I've just seen. <laughs> you only it's... kind of throw your arms up in the air. yeah. I always watch. I, I just like it's, it's the hands in the air and the sort of you're looking yeah. around for somebody to be angry with and shocked <laughs> with and confused by. Yeah. So yeah. So anything else on the I, weekend? Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd ever understand what Eddie Jones has against Davy was. Like, has he been? How long has he been back from injury? Because he did have a bit of injury for a while, didn't he? Yeah, but he's never got a cap. He has been in squads, though. He's been he's named been in, squads, in squads, but... yeah. 
Yeah, it's like, with the greatest respect to Mark, Mark Wilson, every time I watch Dave Ewers, I just think, fucking hell, you are horrible. Yeah, and, and much quicker than his size would suggest he should he's, be. Yeah, he's six foot four, he's 18 stone, he carries like he's made a fucking razor blade. And he's got an arse like a suitcase, you've seen it, it's massive, yeah. absolutely yeah, massive arse. Not sure what that has more... to say about anything, but I'm always quite no. impressed. But he's 28 years, he's younger than Mark Wilson. He hits ball carriers like they fucking stole something. I just don't get it. Like, I would pick him tomorrow. He looks everything that I... He looks like a perfect Eddie Jones 6. Is it the hair? <laughs> no, it's the fact that he plays for Exeter in the back row. Those people can't <laughs> be trusted. Because Sam Simmons was flirted quite quickly after trying, wasn't he? Yes. Don Armand's yeah. got no chance. None whatsoever. I mean, to be fair, that is about the hair with Don Armand, to be, you know... With Dave Ewers, it's just his hair just confuses me because it looks like it's been sprayed onto his head. But <laughs> it looks like do you remember the old Play Doh barbers? Absolutely. I yeah. it looks like it's been moulded to his head in yeah. one of them. In one of them, it's like a shampoo and set that like me, me <laughs> nan used to get. It's exactly like that. Yeah, it's like he's taken a shower and he hasn't washed the shampoo out. <laughs> just kind of. Just and then he wraps it in a towel. Then he's just taken a yeah. towel off. That's the shape it is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, one more thing, you know, Leinster really had a fucking point to prove on the weekend, didn't they? Mm. Like, for the last 18 months, Leinster and Ireland have been, like, excellent to put in squeeze on teams using physicality then, and, like, choking the life out of games. Then it all went tits up in the Six Nations, and then it all went tits up two weeks ago at St. James's Park, and so they basically decided that Saturday was going to be just claustrophobically, horribly cloying finals rugby, and that still a decent you know, game though. That was still a better game than the. It the, was well, the, fir- the first yeah. half of it was tight. First half of extra to Gloucester was very entertaining, and then it all just yeah. fell over. But yeah. you know, in a way, Saracens was just just awful yeah. to watch, quite frankly. Just do yeah, um, but it's like you saw that like Glasgow got a real self belief from that Grant Stewart try. Mm. And then the way that Leinster just went, right, boys, let's let's squeeze that out, shall we? And just spent the next five minutes just just sucking the life out of a team that genuinely believed it could yeah. win for a couple of minutes. In a, in a lawfully, in a lawful but shit house way. Yeah, <laughs> even so. Exactly, yeah, well, that's what the very they good won't care. They won't care a jot, though, will they? So. No, not at all. I just said care a jot. I don't like myself anymore. I don't know where that. I don't even know where that even came from. I apologise to all the listeners and to you, Josh. <laughs> The unmissable Sky Black Friday sale has arrived. Get Sky Q with the TV you love all in one place. And lightning fast broadband with our best ever Wi-Fi all around your home. Plus, choose from Sky Sports or Sky Cinema. All for just €60 a month for 12 months with no setup fees. Don't miss out this Black Friday. Just search Sky Black Friday. New customers only. Availability subject to location. Minimum terms and further terms apply. For more info, see sky.ie slash speeds. Offer ends December 9th. Bank of Ireland is looking out for your financial well-being. They want to help protect you from fraud. So whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or even just plain old Tuesday, be careful online. Don't assume that every text message or email you get claiming to be from a bank, a delivery service, or any company is legit. And remember, Bank of Ireland will never send you a text message or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or one-time passcodes. So don't give them out. Search Bank of Ireland Security. And together, this Christmas, we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin. 
Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Anyway. Right, is, is that it from the weekend? I think it is, yeah. Shall we do? Well, obviously it isn't because we're going to do shit good, haven't we? Oh, no, before we get to that, mm. I don't know if you've heard. Yes. But Will Skelton's progress and weight loss has often been yeah. mentioned as a perfect representation of what Saris do. One or two times this has been mentioned, you know, it's definitely not been mentioned every fucking week for the past six months oh, by every time his every time his fucking massive head comes on the screen. Um <laughs> so basically they're saying that he's a perfect representation of what Saris do, in that he's he's lost weight and he's had a significant amount of his humanity removed. Yeah. <laughs> so therefore that's um so I was, I got me to thinking which other players in some way sum up what their clubs are all about. They're the kind of okay. epitome of what the okay. club is all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You got me thinking. So here's a few. Listeners, you join in, if, if there's a few that you think are better, or because I've not done all of them, but here's a few. Gloucester. Yeah. Uh, Jason Woodward. I was literally just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> look brilliant. Right up to the point when they frequently don't look brilliant. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was yeah, Gloucester. I would say like... For say like the the Ospreys, like Ollie Cracknell, is like right, the most yes. Ospreys player in that he works incredibly hard. He's incre- you know, he's as honest as the day is long. He's not quite good enough. He's there and to cover the international windows when yeah, after you, when three quarters of your squad disappear. Yeah, yeah, and he is basically just he's never going to play international rugby, and he's just got absolutely zero razzle dazzle about him whatsoever. He's just like. Workmanlike in the extreme. Uh, Northampton, Courtney yeah. Laws, effective but ultimately a bit gormless. <laughs> yeah. Also yeah, looks rubbish on telly adverts. Well, like yeah, those try gifts from fucking Tool Station, though, is that they do? <laughs> yes. Uh, who else can we get? I mean, I've got one for sale. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. AJ McGinty. Right. Because for all the world, he looks like he should consistently make you better. Yeah. And somehow you don't get consistently better. See also no. Faf de Klerk, Denny Solomona, Chris Ashton, the list could go on. But there's something about the people at Sale Sign never consistently making them better. Although they're a Champions Cup team now, it seems. Apparently so, yeah. Despite finishing I mean, fucking, what did they finish? Ninth 17th. or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, therein lies the silliness of the Champions Cup, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Some of us, I think, for Glasgow, like somebody like Nick Griggs, a good one because it's like you love watching him play. He sort of overachieves much more than he should do, <laughs> yes. and yet ultimately, you know that he's going to be slightly outclassed when the big lads yeah. come. Ultimately, there's, he's got a rick in him, as they say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what have I got? Bath, Freddie yes. Burns. Oh. Very Absolutely. high profile that's too often matched with a low forehead. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, um, Bristol, just any of their Polynesian <laughs> lads because yeah. Pat Lamb desperately wishes because he was still party, 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 party. Yeah. Uh, Leicester Tigers, Kyle yeah. Eastmond. Because absolutely no fucker knows why you were signed or what he's actually for. <laughs> That's incredibly accurate. Any more? Last couple. Yeah. Quinns, Jack Clifford, because he could have been a contender, but he wasn't. 
Yeah, very uh, good. Worcester, finally, I'll finish with Worcester, who I think are completely embodied by Chris Pennell. Yes. Who will be there is. forever, bumping along like an empty Costa cup in the footwell of a Vauxhall Corsa. <laughs> Which kind of sums up Worcester for me, really. Yeah, no, that's exactly it, isn't it? So there you go, listeners. That was my stab at yeah, So you please tell me if I would probably tell me how dare you say that about X yes. player and our club. But um, feel free to suggest your own. Thank you very much. What have we got that's shit good for this weekend? What are we doing first, Josh? Uh, should we do shit? Because I feel like we've covered quite a few of my shits anyway. But uh, okie doke. Yeah, uh, Nige is my first shit. <laughs> a few people on the I'm Twitter fair. came up with Nige. Yeah. I'm bored of talking about him ballsing up big moments now, but like that Rob Carney not getting a red card, uh, I don't know if it would change the result, as he'd only missed another five minutes, but I mean, you can't say it wouldn't have either. It was just such an obvious red. Like, every, the letter of the law says it red, and yet Nige once again finds a reason to... It's like we were saying about the mitigating factors hmm. thing earlier. He's found a reason to bring it down to a yellow... Like he used to be a good ref because he had empathy with players and for the yes, game, but now, yeah. but now he's a bad ref because he's <laughs> got too much empathy for players and he doesn't want to like spoil a game. And it's like, do your fucking job, mate. Don't worry about that. It's their fault, not yours. There's obviously another clause, isn't there? The end of the rugby rule book. Remember the except for Rabus Lamani clause. Yes. There's there now is. the except for Nigel Owens' decision making. Yeah, unless Nigel decides different. Unless Nigel yeah. decides different, yes. Yeah. Uh, what have I got that shit? Leinster fans moaning about kicks being booed at Celtic Park. Oh, get it. Which is bad enough man. in itself. And then to put the fucking top hat on it, Rugby Pass actually writing a news story out of Leinster fans tweeting and moaning about it's like a, it's like, it's just like a total double whammy of bollocks that should all just stop. Basically. Eventually, silliness will eat itself, and basically, stop moaning about are. the kicker being booed, and also stop invoking rugby's moral bollocks every time you say, "Oh yes, but we're a different game." You know, until twenty years ago, we were trying to pull each other's eyeballs out. <laughs> so stop saying that it was a respectful game because it, because in many ways, it completely and utterly wasn't. Of course it was. All right, we shook hands at the end of it, but yeah, it's what if you couldn't see where the hand was because one of your eyeballs was swinging by the fucking optic nerve? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm getting worn it's out. Funny. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny when you get on that particular horse because usually it's me getting angry <laughs> at rugby's absolute fucking fart sniffing self satisfaction. Uh. That stuff just does, and uh, as if they, they fucking care anyway. They've got a, they've got an absolute pissed. process that they follow, and they can just kick the ball. And everybody's booed at some point anyway. Just fucking leave it alone. If you can't handle being booed, don't be a professional <laughs> athlete, Finn. <sighs> right, I, I'm uh, tired now. Have you got one? I need a yeah, minute. Um, Fraser Brown. Like, while well, obviously. Uh, I wish him a speedy recovery and I wouldn't wish anyone getting injured. Uh, he was very lucky to still be on the field when he got hurt, wasn't he? <laughs> he was, not he, yeah. Like that. He was over the edge while he was on, to be honest. Um, <laughs> not least that fucking reckless and totally unnecessary, absolutely smashing Luke McGraw without the ball thing, which was, I mean, it was, it was entertaining from a, watching <laughs> a giant man ragdoll a 
otherwise entirely unaware scrum off, but it was also definitely at least a yellow card, if not a red. So, yeah. A speedy recovery to re- yes. him at all that. However, you know, have a, a, have a minute. Before. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever got that shit on the Twitter, Johnny McGinty, friend of the pod, Johnny McGinty, who came to Cardiff and, and we met him there, says, getting... He says, shit is Paul Williams getting three of his predictions right for the first time ever, probably, when I was heavily emotionally invested in two of the teams he thought would lose. Tried to get Paul on. He's not been on for a while because we record on Monday and what now the tennis season starts, that's when he plays tennis. Yeah, I see. Or at least that's what he says. He's probably just had enough of us. But um, There is probably that, yeah. I mean, he's just... Yeah. He's, he's realised what we really are. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what else we got? Hannah Blunt gets in touch. She said, shit, she says, shit, is the organisation of the Pro 14 final at Celtic Park. One bar inside the fan zone, which was queued right up to the back where the toilets were. You don't want that, do you? My dad and his mate queued for 45 minutes for seven drinks at one of the inside bars as well. Worst game day experience I've ever had. Wow. And you lost, Hannah. I know you're a Glasgow fan, so God bless you. It's not, it wasn't a great day, was it? Is it because they're not yeah. set up to serve booze correctly? Because in football, you you can't really do it, can you? Yeah, well, no, that's the thing. Yeah, you can't take beer within sight of the pitch at the football. So no. maybe that's why it's a shambles. You got any more shits? Uh, well, um, we've already talked about Jason Woodward. Uh, I love watching him play with ball in hand, but, and he wasn't the only architect of Gloucester's defensive fucking calamity, but dear me. He really did not cover himself in glory, did he? Well, he had about a good 10 minutes. What we're going to miss this year because the World Cup's on in October and November is is um, that thing leading up to the Autumn Internationals where if anybody has a good 10 minutes in September, they should be in the international team. Pick him, pick him. That's my um, favourite yeah, bit honest, about the September. Everyone's good. So Jason Woodward does a couple of decent steps. Go, oh, he should definitely be starting for England. I mean, I thought he was brilliant for Gloucester last season. I thought he should have gone on tour with England in the uh, South Africa. Africa. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, this season, he seems to have forgotten how to defend. Because the World Cup will already be, squad will already be named, you see. There'll be none of that daftness going on, will there? Yeah, none of that shit. He's, he's not getting anywhere near it. Uh, what else we got at shit, then? Pete Cresswell gets in touch on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. He says, shit, is Phil Kearns. Yeah. Now, now, I could have just left it at that, but you've actually given a reason. <laughs> I, was so shit is, I was wondering if you were going to carry yeah, on. Yeah, shit is Phil Kearns for calling Los Jaguares to be culled from Super Rugby for being too good for the Waratahs. Yeah. I'm sure that's not what he was really saying, but I know what you mean. He said, however, Pete says good is the fact that the Hagawadas have topped the African Conference. Yeah. It's, They've also it's got like, the only acceptable what? try No, sorry, one of the only, I think there's probably three acceptable try gifts. And yeah. Hagawara, there's Ken Owens walking in and just walking back out again. Yeah, absolutely the best. What's one. the other one that I like? Can't remember. But then there's obviously Hagawado. Yeah. Dancing when there's a try and then dusting off his shoulders. That's acceptable. I mean, <laughs> I can't put into words quite how much I loved watching Haguardo just knock the dirt off his shoulder. That was <laughs> glorious. Like, yeah. He's just a wonderful, wonderful mascot. He's everything that we want. He's the best mascot. He's the best mascot. And it's the fact they've yeah, got different it's... outfits for him. I don't think enough clubs have thought that through. It's the fact <laughs> that he's got like surf outfit. He sometimes yeah. wears a beret. He's just, he's just, this is what other clubs have missed, you see, that this interchangeable sort of like Barbie doll style outfits, yeah. Remember when he dressed, like, he wore that sort of weird, like, I think it must have been 
Oh, it was when they went to Japan, or, and when they were playing the Sun Wolves, and he sort of dressed up in traditional Japanese garb, <laughs> and then chased one of those dra- chased one of those dragons around, <laughs> which was weird. He's just magnificent. I know he's not real, but he he is to me. So that's the <laughs> he end is of it. Real, he's real to me. I also love that he's just a a nightmare as well. That's Clearly, he's a nightmare. That's... In the same way that Jackson Deville, the Jaguars mascot, got banned. <laughs> I can see Jaguardo getting banned at some point. The um, that saying that he's real to me reminded me of a story. When I was playing rugby league at, at uni, we had mm. a guy who was a bouncer at weekends in Wakefield, whose name was Michael, but became known as Dangerous Mick. Good. Because he was always talking about how he battered people at the weekend. <laughs> In his Lips. in his job, and I was yes. talk, I was a Who fan, and I was talking about I was talking to somebody about Pete Townsend. He went, did you just he said, did you just mention Pete Townsend? Then I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, why? Uh, I, he said, how would you know him? I said, well, he's a he's the lead singer. Quite in, famous, he's, mate. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's like a songwriter, one of the best guitarists ever in the Who. He went, oh, oh, no, I was working on the door the weekend, and there was some lad called Pete Townsend in, and uh, you know, caused a bit of bother, like so. I fucking bounced him off all the walls and he went out. And I said, I said, no, no, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the Pete Townsend. And he looked me dead in the eye and he went, he is the Pete Townsend to me. <laughs> Dangerous, Mick. He was amazing. Did he spell it with a H? That's well, who knows? Yeah. But it doesn't matter in Mick's world. No, no, the other no. Pete, the, the guitar man didn't exist. It was only the guy who yeah. launched that at the club. Um, <laughs> Sorry, diversion. Where are we up to? Mm. Bruce McConaughey gets in touch. He said, shit, his Irish players trying to kill Stuart Hogg all the time. He's probably moving to Exeter to avoid getting killed by them. Yes, it's probably true, isn't it? I mean, one of the best ways to ensure that you're not, you know, protected from these things is to join the one of the two biggest teams of bastards in England. <laughs> Get protected by David. At least then job. you've only got twice a season to play Saracens. Yes. And then... Generally, all right. Get protected by Davey was his giant ass. <laughs> Toby Baker gets in touch. He said, "Shit, we mentioned a bit like this before, but yeah, I agree." Toby he said, "Shit was how predictable the season was. Finals for the Premiership yeah. and the four to, Pro Fourteen and the Champions Cup were what everybody expected. Right back in September, yes, it's very true. Yeah, I mean, Glasgow maybe a bit of a surprise, but not really." Maybe a little bit, yeah. But I suppose then you just—I think everyone knew the way the result. And no, I think I think I called Glasgow by five on the Scottish. Sorry, I realised yeah. what I did. I went on the Scottish Rugby Blog podcast last week and said Glasgow by five. <sighs> Fucking hell! I'm sorry, everybody. You, you fucked it. Between me and um, Paul Williams, what chance have you got? Indeed. Um, I don't know if it's shit or good, so it's probably a good like breaching uh, sort of thing. But did you see that try that? Wales 7 scored against Japan. No, somebody uh, referred to this on, on Twitter. Where Luke Trahan, it's if the ball's gone dead, Wales are 12-0 up. Luke Trahan attempts to, at the back of the ruck, just basically shoo it off the feet. He's literally five metres away from the touchline, if that. And he attempts hmm. to just kick it out for half-time. But what actually happens is he sort of kicks his own ankle as he's doing it and so ends Brilliant. up booting it about 20 yards behind himself. And so, like, which put and I'm trying to visualize how that would happen, but go on. <laughs> it's 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 incredible. I mean, I'll send it to you via the the wonderful medium of the internet right now, so you can watch it. But like, the the fact that it then turns into a really good try for Wales 
which doesn't happen very often in the sevens, is hilarious because it it shouldn't have happened. It absolutely under no circumstances should have should have happened. And it entirely comes because Lutrahan has an absolute fucking nightmare and puts in probably the worst kick that he's ever done. That goes it's the it's the way that it goes behind him quite so much. It's not just like he spoons it off the outside of his boot and it goes a bit behind him. It literally it's like me playing golf. The ball <laughs> basically goes thirty yards in to the left of where he thinks it's going to be. And right, then, I've, and... I've got it on now. So he goes. <laughs> oh, I see. He's not trying to kick it for. He's just going to kick it into touch, and it goes behind yeah. it. Right, and then he. <laughs> and everyone's picking up and go. Yeah. Yeah, and then everyone on the commentator is just pissing themselves because <laughs> like, how has this happened? How has this happened? <sighs> That's glorious. The is, we don't know. Yeah, he turned to kick it sort of behind him on a diagonal out for half time, hadn't he? Yeah. But I've managed to span it back to his own fullback, fun. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Glorious stuff. Glorious uh, stuff. So good. A uh, couple more shits. Yeah. Dave Price gets in touch. He says, shit was that the Pro 14 final wasn't on TV in the USA, but the semi final was. Oh, he said, stupid. He said, I know this is a pretty niche tweet, but since that's basically your brand, I went with it anyway. Oh, you're right, Dave. Yeah. Absolutely, you're right to do Absolutely. that as well. Yeah. Oh, well, you must be. Does rugby pass not op- not operate in in the US? I think. Well, Pro Fourteen is available on television, and and rugby is on the various sports networks. But given how, like, in my experience of watching the fucking Six Nations in America, which they play it as they... live, don't they? But not live. Yeah, they play it as live, but not live. So they, even though, so they had Premier League football on until literally five minutes before England Ireland started and then they showed the entirety of Scotland Italy which had happened two hours previously <laughs> and then they showed England Ireland rather than showing England Ireland live and then showing Scotland amazing final shit was unbelievably stupid so we can't help you Dave what are no, you going to do it's... this is probably part of making America great again in some way I don't know how that <laughs> probably is yeah, um, so, yeah. Mackay1402 gets in touch final shit he says shit was Rob Carney not getting a red card Yes. Yeah, agreed. Silliness. What have we got that's good? Um, Luke McGrath, as shit as he was two weeks ago in the Champions Cup final, mm. he was very, very good. Talented like, man, I think, that, yeah. If he'd have been this good two weeks ago, like maybe no, it wouldn't don't, have got... Don't, I mean, don't go down that road. I'm not going to go... It's erroneous. Like, he, he looked... About ten times better than he has at any point this season. His tactical kicking was excellent. He was genuinely credit where it's due. I fucking laid into him like nobody's business after the Champions Cup final. He deserves a bit of credit when it goes right for him. So fair. Don't play. ever say we don't have balance on this podcast. Absolutely. Good. I've got Joe Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Very he was good. very. I mean, I know. You know, it is what it is. But actually, that first that try he scored was the kind of even though it was relatively early-ish in the second half. I think. Was the kind of final nail and Saints' is hope really? Why is he being not being called into the England squad? <laughs> and Callum Sheedy is. It's almost like they've got another agenda here, isn't it? It's they want to get him around, like... get him around the England environment, Josh. Get him to see what it's like at, at mm. Penny Hill Park and all that. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, also very good from that game, uh, Tom O'Flaherty, who isn't Irish somehow. Um, Last massively, ma- magnificently binned though, didn't he? 
He did. Well, he was he was good and bad, but I think he emerged just about in credit after he's, scoring he's pretty, absolutely pretty, fucking worldy. He had a brilliant sort of road runner running for that try, didn't he? It was great. He wasn't even it. really like a sidestep. He literally changed <laughs> no, direction, so he did, didn't he? He did that. He weaved. It was like watching somebody play in Journal Rugby. <laughs> he was, exactly it was like, like that, yeah. He doesn't know how to use the sidestep, so they're just kind of... <laughs> but yeah, he was... It was a properly a direct right turn rather than a sidestep, yeah. wasn't yeah, it? There was no lateral movement there. It was just, yeah, but he was mainly playing for Bridgend last season and not getting games for the Ospreys outside the Anglo-Welsh Cup. Is he Welsh? No, he's English. Right. But he uh, he came to Cardiff for uni oh, and then okay. ended up playing for Bridgend and then ended up being in the Osprey system for a while. Um, yeah, it's both a real indictment of Welsh rugby's ability to hold on to these squad players that could be really useful. And both and his ability to step up and take his chances, to be fair to him, because I don't think many people would have had him start in a fucking premiership semi final at the start of the season, or indeed a couple of weeks ago. Where's Ollie Woodburn? He's dis- he was he was dropped for like I think he's he's coming back from injury, I think. Right. I'm not sure about that. But he was dropped he's he's a it was a healthy scratch for O'Flaherty, which mm. says a lot. I mean I mean I mean Ollie Woodburn's success was always a complete mystery. Absolutely, in many ways. But you can't have Hollywood and Alex Cuthbert on the field at the same time because that's just too much galloping. He's had a decent season, Alex Cuthbert, right? So I don't know. But did you see when he had a bit of open pasture to run into? I know. In that game, it looked. I think it looks like his legs were made from Rice Krispies and lead, basically, as he kind of went to move forward. He's got a lot of strapping on as well, hasn't he? Bless him. But defensively, he was very solid. Yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. No, he's had a good important tackles. He's yeah, and good... he's had a good season. I'm not. Yeah, it and was it's just... just like yeah, he's on big money there, and I don't think they're quite getting the value for it as yet. What have I got that's good? Alex Goods stepping two people in his own in goal area. That was very good, wasn't it? You know what he's saying. You know, and I remember this. Probably people listening or don't know the same. I wasn't a great rugby player, as, as I've said many times, and will continue to say. But when things are going for you and your kind of tails up. You do, you know, you, you run a bit, easy, you know, a bit, you? there's a bit more pay, you run a bit more weight and all that kind of stuff. Whereas actually, he just obviously just believes that anything he touches turns to fucking gold now. So he just, this is just what he does. So he steps two yeah. people in his own in goal area completely, like what it, it looks like. like he's, it feels like he's got quicker. Um, Which is weird. Which is not right, obviously, if you know what I mean. But yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. I think he's just, he's... I know that extra 10 yards in the head thing or whatever, but I do mm. think as his experience grows, he's just, he was already very good positionally and knew where, how to play. I think that's just getting better. So he looks like he's kind of quicker, which is, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does a little bit actually. Yeah, maybe it's that. But I mean, we didn't talk last week about his epic three day on the piss in his kit. No. Which I've never ever seen before. That. I've literally, I don't Brilliant. know if anybody out there has ever seen that before because I've never, even in like amateur rugby, I've never known anybody. I had a mate I played with at uni who didn't bother having a shower and just threw his jeans on and like a, a training top on and went out until I had mud in his ears mm. and stuff. And he was mm. and he was out like that for about two days. That's the nearest thing I've come to, to, to see. I've never it's ever true. known anybody who directly goes out still in their kit. With the fucking gum shield still in, tucked into the socks. <laughs> For three days. Three fucking days. I like, want to know it's... the point at which, because there would have been a point at which he decided, I'm staying out in this now. This is... Yeah, because there's a moment where this stops being fun. 
and he's just like, I'm doing this because I'm just bloody minded about yes, this. Yes, and I want, and I have to keep going with this to keep the Instagram yeah, going. I'm going to see this. I'm going to see this because he's obviously slept through. in it stuff, and then you think this is stinking. I've been in this for God knows how long. It's nylon. It's not going to be pleasant, is it? No. For all of Nike's talk about breathable fucking, <laughs> that's not going to be nice to be in. But as Alex from Rugby Pass said, I think he, he said, you know, it, it was confirmation that he is the people's fullback. <laughs> it absolutely is. Even though he plays for Saracens. Yes, well, aside from that. But he was a wonderful he, he stepped one and then went round another one and off he went. And it, it looked was like glorious. it would look like to all the all the all the world that they were gonna get trapped in there, but they always find a way out, don't they? They're bastards. But um When it's your day, it's your fucking day, you know. Yeah. What else have we got that's good? Uh, Fergal Carney gets in touch. So good was Gary Ring, Ring Rose's try saving ta- tackle at the start it of was. Pro 14. He He's rapid. Good. He is rapid, Absolutely. isn't he? Any more good um, from I you? I also thought Kean Healy was very, very good. Yeah, again. Uh, Alistair Five said that as well. Good was Kean Healy 2.0. Yeah, it's interesting. Since we he's been rebuilt. When it seems like yeah. he was done a couple of years ago. And then when you look at all the players at the IRF, you are happy to put out to pasture now. Sean O'Brien, Rob Carney, like they're re-signing Keen Healy though. And Robo, so. Robo Healy. Yeah. No, he's he's everything you want from a loose head now. Dan Elkin gets in touch. He said, good is the Fiji supporters at the London Sevens. I can't believe how much noise one corner of a stadium can make. He said, also good was the Fiji team holding the ball boy in the air before the final instead of just the ball. <laughs> yeah I mean it's bags of fun isn't it London 7s eh I don't watch 7s I don't mind uh, it when I, I do watch it I just I just I just don't I've watched a lot less of it this year because it was about the only rugby that Sky had last year and now they don't got Sky anymore I'm sort of like yeah but it's it's fun when you know things like whales being silly happen <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I enjoy it when I watch it. It's just I never, yeah. I never sit down to watch it. It's not appointment viewing, is it? No, it's not. No, mm. and also the thing is, if anything interesting happens, it's on Twitter within two seconds of it happening. Yeah. So I'll see it there. I think that might be the problem with uh, Ben Ryan's new five aside thing as well. Rugby X that should be called mm-hmm. Rugby V. Yeah, yeah, absolutely should be. Um, anything that happens is going to be like. On Twitter within five minutes, and nothing else about the game is really good. That's be that had more promotion than the World Rugby Sevens in the past ten years, I think. That Rugby X thing. Yeah, who's bankrolling it? Do we know? Sky. Is it Sky lately? Yeah, Sky desperately trying to get something rugby related involved. Last good for me is we've got Fraser McVean who gets in touch on Twitter, and he says, "Good is Rory Hutchinson's filthy juggle offload for Saints." Him generally, actually, he just conti- continues yeah, to be good. excellent. But yeah, that that juggle the ball across two hands and then throw it out the back door was uh, quite magnificent. Very good. It would also uh, be rather remiss uh, of me if I didn't uh, once again draw attention to Grant Stewart's sliding look to the camera, uh, followed by nonchalantly flipping the ball out of the back of his hand while he scored that try <laughs> for Glasgow at the end. It was just... It was magnificent, like to have the presence of mind to look directly down the camera as you're sliding over the line with, you know, knees yes. first was just, I, it was the best part of that whole game for me, to be brutally honest. That's what the, the classic Peter O'Mahony sliding on his ass, pumping fists towards the camera, <laughs> isn't it? Absolutely yeah. amazing. But, but much more nonchalant, especially because yes. flicking the ball out at the end. Like, <laughs> yeah. More hookers doing that, please. Um 
just before we go, a late good entry from from Bruce McConaughey. He says uh, he sent me a picture of the time Scotland have had have written a piece about Stuart Hogg saying Stuart Hogg wanted that. So the headline is in the tweet. Stuart Hogg wanted to go out on a high, so you could say his wish was granted. Half, half. To which Stuart yeah. Hogg, Stuart Hogg himself, has replied with "shite crack." <laughs> I like Hoggy. Seems like he's a good laugh. He does seem like he's. A and good well, he must laugh. be. I mean, he's about that you, fucking haircut for a start. I, yeah. You took the word. Oh, right sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> oh, right then. We are. Now that we're finishing off each other's punchlines. Oh, this is uh, that awful. That's probably the end of it, isn't it? It is the end of it. <laughs> On that bombshell, we will bring it to an end. Thank you very Indeed. much. Last proper episode of the pod will be next week where we will cover the Premiership final where two teams of gigantic fuckers will run into each other. There'll yeah. be too much clapping. We'll... There'll be too much bad air. Yeah. Maybe we'll just talk about Chernobyl for the duration of the podcast. Yeah, you're watching after this, aren't you? It, oh, it's your that. birthday tomorrow, yeah. isn't it, Josh? It is my birthday tomorrow, Are you yeah. doing anything I'm... nice apart from watching Chernobyl? Uh, I'm going to work. Oof, I'm going really to work excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and... Don't know, really. Probably. How, how many years is this, if you don't mind saying? Uh, I, I, I'm 34, which I'm, I'm, I've been thinking a lot about what constitutes mid-30s, and I think 34 is 100% in the mid-30s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So welcome to... I'm, I'm ticking a different box. You're in that what-the-fuck-am-I-supposed-to-be-anymore age. Yeah. Because <laughs> once you get to 40, you think I'm kind of like a bit like a dad age now, so I can live with that. But yeah. That mid-30s I mean, age is a weird one. I'm in the no-man's land yeah. of having no, not enough responsibility but also not enough sense of who I am either. So, you know, Thank please you keep giving that to me, this podcast. Many happy returns for tomorrow, Josh. We'll Thank speak you to much. you all next week. Take care. Ta-da. Take care. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.